Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You know, when I look at the orphans and widows of that time, they were considered the least of these. And Jesus told us to look after them, like anyone that is left behind by society. And in today's world, we have, I, I would argue, and, and I don't want to dance outside of the scriptures, but I would argue that a modern day orphans and widows would be the single mothers. There's many, especially those who are physically, sexually abused. They are left behind in so many ways and then struggling to raise their kids and then struggling financially and then and then and then they're just struggling and we need to look after those who Jesus recognizes as the least of these, those who are left behind by society. Jesus loves them. We should love them. Well, one such lady who just loves these single mothers. Her name is Misty Underwood. Many struggling women that have been in a wide variety of situations. They, they're in situations of unplanned pregnancies. They're in situations of sexual abuse. They're in situations, uh, be, in many cases, beyond their control. She's at Compassion Women's Center in Claremore, Oklahoma. And good friend of mine. I am just so thankful for her because whenever I have a problem that someone brings up to me at the church, um, specifically regarding abuse, I am so grateful that I have her that I can just text and say, hey, can you look into this problem? Can you look into this and, and, and see about trying to help this lady? Let's get her the resources she needs. Let's get her the counseling she needs. Misty's the lady for this. She is the director at Compassion Women's Center, and she is going to be on the show with us very soon. Welcome to episode 17 of the Total Ministry Makeover. Welcome to the Total Ministry Makeover. On this podcast, we have one goal, to lead leaders everywhere on the right foundation for life in the ministry. Regardless of the size of your church or the size of your leadership, if you follow the steps of the Total Ministry Makeover, it'll dynamically change how you lead in the church, and by extension, how your church will lead your part of the world for Jesus Christ. I'm Shane Thacker, your host. Thanks for joining the show today. 
So here shortly, we are going to have Misty Underwood from Compassion Women's Center, and she's going to talk about her situation. She's going to share her story and what they do at this Women's Center. It's just amazing how they can serve an entire county for Jesus Christ. My hope is that as you hear this story, that God would be working on your heart to see how you can partner with these types of ministries, because these are so vital in looking after the least of these. We're about to join with Misty for this interview. What an awesome privilege and a blessing and an honor this is. We have Misty Underwood with Compassion Women's Center from Claremore, Oklahoma. Misty, thanks for joining the show. Thank you so much, Shane, for inviting me. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Now, for those who are listening, uh, we've partnered in, in different ways with Compassion Women's Center over the years. And one of the things that we've been able to do is just as a, as a blessing, uh, we've been able to ask questions. Um, we've gotten some wisdom from from Misty. And I, I just really, before we begin, I just wanted to thank you for that, Misty, because there's so many times that I just, I don't know what to do. And I, I go, man, I can go to Misty for this. <laughs> Well, thank you, Shane. I feel like that is mutual and we are definitely all in this together. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So can you tell our listeners maybe a broad stroke of your life in church and in ministry? Yes. So I actually um, didn't accept Christ as my Savior until I was a young adult. It was in May of 1998. It yeah. was shortly after my oldest daughter was born. Um, and then I, I walked for several years, I would say in a very, um, superficial role in my walk with Christ. Mm. I knew who he was as my savior. I knew who he was as my savior for eternity, but it wasn't until recent years that I started walking with him as my Abba father and knowing what it was like to walk with him in intimacy. So, um, I was, my husband and I were married when I was the senior in high school. Um, our daughter was born the following May and we, uh, my husband was, uh, has been a believer since he was in third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, he is probably, I would say the foundation of my, of my growth in Christ. Um, and we didn't really get involved in church and, um, actively attend church until our oldest daughter was about a year and a half to two years of age. And our youngest daughter is 14 months younger than her. So she was, you know, just a baby. Um, and like I said, it was a superficial walk. It was knowing who he was in my, like I said, as, um, for eternity, you know, um, trusting him with my eternity, but I came into my adult life, into my marriage, into parenthood with a lot of gunk that had happened in my past. And it took me several years to realize that it was all that gunk that was going to be used as a testimony for him. And so um, it's just been probably in the last 10 years that I've grown closer and closer in my walk with him when we accept, when we started attending church, when our daughters were small 
um, it just became part of who we were and what we did. And um, we served, we actively served. I actively served as a, you know, VBS director. We actively attended anytime the doors were open. But I sat in the pew um, and, like I said, trusted him with my eternity, but didn't know how to walk with him in daily life. Yeah. And so um, it was, it's kind of interesting how God works. Um, I can't remember like thinking back at the situation and thinking, um, when did my life start to shift? When did I start recognizing that he wanted all of me, like he could use all of me? And we were at a friend's house um, who would play music on a regular basis. And he played this song. It's an old gospel song. And I think the name of the song is um, Hidden Place, but it talks about how our hearts are like a house and how we let our Savior into our house, but that there's rooms that we don't allow him in. Ooh, and, yeah. I know what you're talking um, about there. <laughs> yes. And that song, what just shifted it, that night, that particular night, like my mindset shifted my um, willingness to serve him shifted and there were rooms in my house that I didn't want him in. There were rooms in my house that I felt like um, he didn't even want to know about, but it was through maturing in Christ and maturing in my relationship with him and knowing that he wants an intimate relationship with me that I knew he already knows what's in those rooms. He has the key to that room and he wants to hand that key back to me and allow him to see what's inside because yeah. he was there and he already knows what's there. So that was kind of the shift in realizing um, that the passions that he's put on my heart, which I used in a professional realm, was really what he was calling me into doing in ministry. And I started connecting the dots and recognizing that it's through ministry, it's through working and working in a, in a ministry role that we have the freedom to share Jesus Christ. And we have that freedom in a professional role too, because we can allow Christ to work through us. But there yeah. is nothing like that opportunity and that freedom of being able to tell someone, let me tell you about my Jesus and what he's done for me. Yeah. So. Oh, I love that. You know, the one thing that we've, we've said in the past is, uh, and it sounded like you can tell me if this was you or not, but um, we, we love to have Jesus as our savior, but we, we don't like that word Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of described you, you wanted him, you know, for eternity. Uh, and that was your past, but you, you didn't quite have, have that daily walk, which is, which is calling him Lord of your life. And, uh, I think that's, that's many of us. I mean, we, we all go through that through seasons of that. We enjoy the benefits of the <laughs> yes. salvation, but then we, we think to ourselves, well, we don't want to go through that work. And I, I think that's very common in churches and, uh, church leaders, I mean, that, that can very well be a mentality without us even realizing it. And uh, so that's fantastic. That, that is great. Um, so you had your past um, story, and I appreciate you sharing that. And now you're using that 
at Compassion Women's Center. Center. Now you're the director, right, at, at Compassion Women's Center. Is yes. that correct? Yes, yes. I um, worked for, so Compassion Women's Center came to exist in 2014. It was laid on hearts in 2012-13. It came to exist in 2014. And I probably started volunteering there. I was trying to think of dates, um, approximately 2015. And because of my professional role in early childhood ed, um, I stepped into our empowerment parenting role. So Compassionate Women's Center is a pregnancy resource center. Um, our mission is to empower women, families, and unborn babies to thrive through education resources and Christ-centered support. Um, we have grown outside of just the um, intake process. So uh, we like to explain we're not just a pregnancy resource center or pregnancy help center. We offer, so we do an intake process, which includes a pregnancy test and options consultation. We use um, what Oklahoma State mandated a woman's right to know to educate our clients um, on their options. And then um, we walk with them with our empowerment parenting program. So that would be for a client who chose to what we call parent through parenting. Um, and then if they choose adoption, then we connect them with local adoption agencies or local adoption attorneys so that they receive that wraparound support. That's awesome. Um, and then we also offer a post-abortive healing program that's biblically based. So our desire is that when a woman comes to us, that if she is seeking um, the option, if she's looking at if her heart and her mind is set on possibly having an abortion, what we want to do is provide her resources and a support system because so many women who are seeking that alternative, they're seeking it because either they are afraid to open up to their support system um, or they are in a really hard place. And so what we want to do is offer them a support system and offer them the resources that take them out of that really hard place. Um, and for a woman who, if that's still the decision that she makes, we try to connect with her on a 24-hour, 48-hour um, uh, timeline and um, reconnect with her and just let her know, you know, we're here for you if, um, if you do change your mind. But we also want to connect in a way where if she follows through with that decision, we're not referring her, we're standing on biblical values. We also want to connect with her and let her know the love of Jesus Christ. And so what we do with that is we walk through um, two different studies, one, in, and it's based on our um, facilitator that does our post-abortive care program. Our facilitator is trained in um, two different programs. One is Surrendering the Secret, and the other is Forgiven and Set Free. Um, and so they connect with her and um, offer her the biblical healing aspect because one of the things that we know through statistics is that a lot of times when that woman makes that decision, if she becomes pregnant again later and is in the same circumstances or um, is in fear of the same situation, then she'll make that decision again as well. So. 
Um, and then a new program that has just organically been built based on um, the volunteers that we have that, that come to us and that serve in CWC or Compassion Women's Center is um, our miscarriage and infant loss program. So our miscarriage and infant loss program, what we do with that is we provide um, care bags to ladies that either um, know about the program or local doctor's offices and hospitals who have a woman who has experienced a miscarriage, stillbirth or infant loss and connect her to our program. And then we do two community events a year. One is our um, Follow the Butterfly Trail, which is a butterfly release that um, people in the community are um, encouraged to come to and to release a butterfly in honor of their, um, of their child that they've lost. And then, um, and that happens in June of each year. And then in December, we do Come Light the Hill, which is a candle lighting ceremony for families who have experienced that type of loss. So. Yeah. Now to, to, to clarify on um, uh, just what you were talking about regarding abortion, I'm sure there's many questions that pastors have that th there is a major difference in being in favor of abortion and helping people who are making that decision. And there, I, I think, uh, I think we should clarify on that. What, what is, yeah. cause this is not an abortion clinic. <laughs> it's not no, no, a place are, that, you know, you're yeah. the opposite of that. And so I just want to make sure our, those listening were, were clear on that, but we, you know, you partner with these people that, that are just suffering already and, and trying to get them in a good place where they can, they can break free from that, um, that they can break free from, you know, that they can see that there are other options other than abortion. And that, yes. and, and so I just, uh, I don't think anyone hearing that would have thought that, but I just wanted to put that out there <laughs> just yes. to make sure we and, were on the same page. Yes. And we are, we firmly believe that the pro-life community has to be active in providing resources and support to the ladies who are seeking that as an option if we're really going to make a difference in the pro-life movement. So, And I'm going to piggyback on that because we as the church really have struggled in that area, haven't we? We've we've really struggled. I mean, until maybe recently, it seems like there's, there's very few resources other than... Um, you know, there, there's different protests, um, which which may help at a at a level of the law, but not on a personal relational level. Um, yeah. And uh, I you think know, that's we, a major we struggle. Have, we have discussed that in in our ministry as a whole, like within the volunteers and um, everything within the ministry. And there has been a shift in our society, um, and the shift in our society has been away from. God-centered morals, right? And it's, you know, it, it's hard to navigate. How do we go about, you know, how do we go about sharing Christ in a society that shifted away from that moral compass? Because you can't legislate moral values. Yeah. Instead, you have to cultivate moral values. And that's and, through the love of Christ. That's yes, through that through what you guys are doing there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely. Well, um, and, and I, we could, we could chase rabbits all day long. I feel like with, with that particular. Topic. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for 
running right along with me on that. (laughs) So, um, so what does a typical week look like at Compassion Women's Center? I know you have different, um, different resources that you make available, but is that, um, are you open, uh, certain hours? What, what's that look like throughout the week? So a typical week at Compassion Women's Center is not a typical anything. (laughs) Um, Some days we come in and it's a quiet day and we're catching up on paperwork. We're catching up on um, the things that we weren't able to do the day before. Some days um, we, you know, it's full of classes of people who are enrolled in our empowerment parenting program that are coming in for education-based classes Sometimes it's going out in the community. Um, It really is, like I said, with our mission, it's to empower women, families, and children um, to thrive. So it depends on what that day brings to us. So if that day brings a woman who we weren't expecting that is in a housing situation or is in a domestic violence situation or whatever those circumstances might be, it's meeting her where she's at mm. and knowing the resources in the community that we can connect her to and walk with her through and providing her that cheerleader on her side that's cheering her on to um, to overcome her circumstances. Um, and it, it's just being open and willing to allow God to use us and to work through us in whatever situation he brings through our door. So. Yeah. Unique situations. I mean, I'm sure every one of them is, is, is so different, you know, the, the situations that come about, but, um, so no doubt though, with the amount of struggles, um, because of that love of Christ you guys have had and, and just stepping up and doing things way beyond, what many people would be comfortable with because of that investment. You've had some amazing success stories that came out of this ministry, right? Can you, can you share with our listeners the impact of this ministry? Just an example. Yes. So um, Shane, I'd like to kind of piggyback onto your, um, in your book, the, um, the total ministry makeover, you talk about how it is, um, through basically pain plus passion plus perspective leads to power. Yeah. And I would say that that is probably the, um, that is where all of our, 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 our success stories come from. Um, two success stories that I'd like to share with you. One is from a client of ours who's recently graduated from our, um, from our empowerment parenting program, she came to us after she has 70 some odd felonies on her record Wow! and spent over right at close, either right at or just over 20 years in prison. Mm. Um, and so she came to us in her early, well, late, late thirties. So, um, she came to us with an unexpected pregnancy um, and walked through our program and has just been an ambassador for, uh, she accepted Christ as her savior in prison. Um, He completely and totally transformed her life. Um, And when she came to us, she was just ready to be used in every way. And it's interesting how God sends people your direction for what he knows is about to happen in the future. And it's up to us for our hearts to be willing um, 
to see, wait, what is he doing here? And so she came to us as a, um, she was, you know, had been, you know, wrapped up in uh, a life of drugs and alcohol and just, um, just, just chaos. And when she came to us shortly after that, we had several ladies who came in. Um, it was like a season um, and they were all dealing with addiction. And she was able to go from the situation of going through our program and learning to walking beside these ladies and walking beside us as leaders and leading and helping us find resources and cultivate a safe place where they can come and seek um, and seek help for their addictions. Yeah. So we went from not knowing what to do and there not being hardly anything available for a woman. And that's where an area of which um, we really struggle in society is for a woman who is pregnant and actively using certain illegal substances, there's not very many resources for her because there's not very many um, rehab centers that will take a pregnant woman. Um, but God orchestrated a plan where ultimately if a woman comes in and we can get her to open up and tell us what's truly happening in her life. And she tells us that she's struggling with addiction. We can get her placed. Our success rate in getting her placed has been, I mean, incredible within just hours to a day. And that, that's our window that 48 hour window is so important for placement. Well, then you're changing, you're not just changing that baby situation. And when that baby is born, it's a two generational approach. And that's what we stand on is if we want that, if we want that baby that's coming into the world to have an abundant life, we have to provide that mama an abundant life. So, um, that's one of our huge success stories. If you're in the Rogers County, Oklahoma area, if you ever, if you have a baby and you get stopped at Walmart and the lady tells you about Compassion Women's Center, then this is who I'm talking about because she is a huge advocate for our program. Um, and it's because she has walked through it and it has worked for her. And she felt that love of Jesus Christ. She's using um, her story. That's just so yes, amazing. I love that. Her story, yes. And so the other success story that I'd like to share with you does come from our post-abortive care program. Um, whenever everything started happening and um, it became more of the center of topic for the United States and everything a few years ago, um, we had uh, just shifted from being our center being in Inola, which um, for listeners that are listening that know the demographics of our area, you know that we are in a really small town on the most southern side of the county. But for those who are listening that don't know, um, that's we're in the most in a small town on the most southern side of the county. Well, for women who are coming to us for our empowerment parenting program. That is a struggle if they live on in another community that's on the other side of the county because the majority of the women who um, we serve are also 
dealing with um, financial crisis and a lot of times transportation issues. So when so we moved to Claremore, and when we moved to Claremore, everything just kind of exploded in mm. um, in you know in the, this particular ministry. And so um, our post abortive healing program, we do two different ways. We either walk with a lady on a weekly basis, or we do a um, retreat type setting. And so what happened in the ministry and what happened in the local churches was um, we had pastors who stood up and recognized like, we have to show the love of Christ. Like we have to be a bridge for, for women. And in knowing that the healing needs to take place, we have to stand our ground and stand on biblical values as well. Um, and what happened with that was we had a local uh, physician within the community. He and his wife had it laid on their hearts to open their home to Compassion Women's Center in general, like use it for what God lays on your heart to use it for. So one particular um, time we hosted a um, post-abortive healing program there. And the beautiful thing about that particular program is you can stand your ground. You can stand on biblical truths and still share the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what we saw with that was we had a girl, we had one, we, we started it off and we thought there was going to be five or six and slowly they didn't commit. And we had one and she showed up on it. Usually our retreats last Thursday through Sunday. Um, she showed up on that Thursday evening um, and was automatically in defense mode. Like she did not want. Sure. We thought we were like, oh, my goodness. Like, are we going to have to step back and offer it at a different time? Do we just love on her all weekend and just see where the spirit leads us? And that's what we chose to do. We chose, you know, we're just going to love on her this weekend and see what the, what the spirit leads. And so um, one of the first things that she said to us was, you're not converting me to, it's so funny because like looking back at it now, it's, it's kind of comical because she said, um, you're not converting me to become a Republican. <laughs> oh, wow. And then she said, um, you're not converting me to, um, to attend your church. And so there were three, three ladies in attendance that were facilitating the program. And so and, and there were just little truth factors that we laid out to her that we totally relied on the Holy Spirit for. And we, we told her, we said, we are not um, members of a particular church. Like <laughs> all three of us attend a different church. And it kind of caught her by surprise. And she said, oh, you, you don't attend the same church? And we're like, no, we, we don't attend the same church. Like there's several churches being represented here that just want to, sh just want to show you love this weekend. Like the meal that you're eating today, you're the meal you're eating for dinner. Like that came from, uh, you know, several women within several different churches. Like we are, and she knew ahead of time, we were a Christ based organization. She was right. walking through a Bible study. Like we didn't, it wasn't a bait and switch game or anything like that. 
And so that evening, you know, we just kind of got to know each other and everything. And through facilitator training, one of the things that you learn is to not share your story with them ahead of time. Yeah, That's something you can share, but you wait until the end. And um, so we walked with her that Thursday evening and that Friday, we told her that we would start around 10 a.m. And it was it was hard to get her to plug in. And so in the whole time, we're just praying like, Lord, just lead us, just lead us and tell us what to do. And so she came down um, to join about 1040 that that morning. And the Holy Spirit just laid it on my heart that she needed to hear our stories. Like, yeah. um, like I said, it's a big don't know. You're not supposed to do that through facilitator training. But and when so God says opened, to do it. <laughs> yes. So we opened up to her and um, we let her know that, um, let her know our stories. And um, part of my gunk, part of my past was um, that I was sexually assaulted um, my eighth grade year. And I, mm. um, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not thankful for the fact that I didn't have a pregnancy from that. But yeah. I let her know, you know, I am... I'm not post-abortive, like I haven't experienced this particular situation, but I have a heart to serve you. And um, the other two ladies shared their testimonies with her. And there was a shift in the way that she saw us at that point, because she realized, what do you mean you are not post-abortive, but yet you're showing me compassion and love and care. Yeah. And, um, so, the, like I said, this started about 1040. By the time we finished our testimonies, it was probably about 1115 or so. And Shane, there was just something that happened in that room. And if you've ever, and I know, I know that several who are listening to this have, but if you've ever been humbled with the opportunity to let Christ work through you in leading someone to Christ, there's just nothing like it. Yeah. And we, um, it, like I said, it was like there was a shift in the room and I walked over to her and the other two ladies walked over to her and I put my hand on her shoulder and I said, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And she didn't answer. And I said, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? And she said, yes. And Amen. we walked her through, we walked her through salvation. We walked her through prayer. Um, and then at the end, everything happened organically, everything mm -hmm. like walking through the Bible study. Like we would always like you present the information, you study on it, you do a self-reflection. And it was so interesting because with her, she was doing the flip of that, she was self-reflecting and asking the questions that you ask at the end of each study mm -hmm. at the beginning. And it was just so organic how it all happened. And at the end, she looked at us and she said, I want to do this too. I want to work with women and provide them the freedom and that you all have led, that you all have shown me through Jesus Christ. And Shane, to this day, she is an advocate for our program. She brings people to us. She connects people.
if she sees someone hurting on social media, she connects them to us and is just a huge. She's advocate. rocking it, isn't she? She is rocking it, and it's it's just a beautiful thing because yeah. it happens so many times. Our miscarriage and infant loss program is the same way, um, and I think of Second Corinthians one four where um, it states, "He comes alongside us." when we go through hard times and before we know it he brings us along someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as god was there for us and ultimately that's what our ministry is like our ladies who do the miscarriage and infant loss program they have used their heartache to minister and to reach out to a community that is going through that and their foundation is Jesus Christ and it is just such a beautiful beautiful thing absolutely thank you so much for sharing those stories Um, there's a lot of pastors out here that are wanting to know um, or maybe maybe God is leading them right now um, that maybe they hadn't thought about it before but they're thinking man I need to get this in my church I need to get something involved with with my church uh, if there's a women's center that that is nearby or if I need to start one up from the ground up we're going to be back after a short break and Misty is going to offer some advice on how to do just that So thanks, Misty. Stay on the line, and we will be right back. Thank you. Misty mentioned the steps of the total ministry makeover. She talked about the pain and the passion and perception equals power. That is out of the assessments from my book, The Total Ministry Makeover. These are so important as you continue working in ministry and learning how to lead well. Part of learning how to lead well is learning who you are. And so I really hope you'll take an opportunity to purchase this book and to take an opportunity to really study on it, really look into what God can do in your life if you just get on the right foundation for life in the ministry. I know I talk about that this whole podcast, but that really is the heart of why we do what we do. So you can purchase that on Amazon, or you can purchase it by sending me a direct message and I will get you a signed copy. Now back to the show. We are back with Misty Underwood from Compassion Women's Center in Claremore, Oklahoma. Um, Thank you so much for your wisdom and, and just sharing these stories. I mean, it's just amazing. And that's just a few of the stories, uh, the many success stories you guys have had over your time there. Um, There's a lot of pastors listening in on this episode. What is some advice you can offer to them? Because I'm sure many of them are thinking, um, I I need to get this going in my church or in my community. What's some advice you could offer them? I think in First and foremost, one of the things that I would like to um, encourage is to just preach the adoption of Jesus Christ from the pulpit. Um, I believe that there is a ton of members in our congregations that have a heart to serve in this type of ministry, but they just don't know where to start or they don't feel like they don't know. There's the dynamics of where to start, but there's the heart work of knowing 
he's going to work through me in doing this. Yeah. And so logistically speaking, um, the things that I would encourage uh, pastors to do is there's two different um, programs uh, that are pro-life organizations that most pregnancy centers are affiliated with. Um, one of those organizations is um, Heartbeat International and you can go onto their website, plug your um, zip code into their search menu and find a pregnancy center that might be in your area. Um, the other is CareNet International. Um, you can do the same thing with them. They have the affiliated um, pregnancy centers that are in the area connected um, on their website. And then I would just encourage calling them and reaching out and you know seeing if you can tour their facility asking them for their core values asking them you know do you have a code of christian conduct do you have a faith statement mm -hmm. can we review those types of things um see if that pregnancy center follows the same um, standards of conduct that you as a church follow see if um it if the culture fits the culture of your program and know that um, there's several areas in which pregnancy centers um, are seeking, seeking um, partnership. It's not just financially. It is um, so, it, it's so much more than finances. It's mentorship. It is um, in kind donations. It's, you know, we as believers are given um, time and talent as well. And depending on your season of life, it might be your time and talent that um, God is wanting you to use for the pregnancy, for the, you know, pregnancy health support. And those things are just as important to cultivating and, um, and developing a pregnancy center. And if there's not something in your program, then or something in your community then seek um wisdom and you know get a group of people together that are like-minded and who have that desire to serve women and their children um in assisting them through these these situations in a pregnancy center support setting does that yeah. make sense yeah. yeah no that's that's perfect that and those that are wanting to know, you mentioned Heartbeat International and then CareNet.org. Those links. CareNet International. CareNet no. International. I'm sorry. Um, no. I was looking at the website links that you sent me. I will have those in the episode description, and I'd really encourage you to check those out uh, as well. I just reiterate and piggyback on what you said because that that is very important. Even if there's not one in your area, um, you could you could ask them how to get something started in your area. There's, there's yes, plenty are, of ways they can help you out with that. So they um, are so helpful. And the pregnancy resource center world, like um, it is in, like I said, if there's not one in your area and you're wanting to start one, those two particular programs will definitely, definitely help you get off the ground and figuring out where, where do we go from here? Yeah. So. And they've already been where you're trying to go. So uh, I love the verse out of Proverbs, walk with the wise to become wise. Well, if you want to find someone wise, if you want to find wisdom in this area, then walk with those who've been through this and, and who've done this. It's great. 
Um, so what would you say, though, are some major missed opportunities from various churches when it comes to ministries like yours? Um, Shane, it's interesting because I received a call earlier this week from a pastor at a different, he is located in a different county in Oklahoma, and he called with basically the same question. And he said, you know, he said, for years, I've taught from the pulpit. My theology has been, has been sound. He said, but I haven't, I haven't walked personally. He said, I haven't walked personally in the way that I provide support or in the way that I provide um, financial support. Mm. And so um, in visiting with him and in talking with him, um, we talked a lot about the in-kind donations. We talked about a lot about the mentorship um, aspect of supporting a pregnancy resource center. And so in saying that, um, I just think it's about relationship building. Everything that we do is about relationship building. Yeah. And, um, there are so many opportunities in for compassion women's center. And, um, we have 28 ladies, 28 individuals. Some are fathers that are walking through our empowerment parenting program right now who, um, they make up Rogers County. They're not just in Claremore. They're not just in Inola. They're all through Rogers County. And, um, and they need mentors. They need community. They need, um, they need just that relationship building aspect that it's not going to be our theology that gets them into the church. It's going to be that relationship and caring for them, that investment that, they realize, oh, wait, I need, I need Jesus in my life. And this, this is why I asked you to be on the podcast. This is, this is exactly it, because the principles of the Total Ministry Makeover, you were living that out in the daily life before this book even existed. Uh, fall in love with the Lord and fall in love with the church. In your case, it's fall in love with these ladies at the, the Women's Center. Um, and I, I just love that. And I thank you for that because that that's so neat because <laughs> you you've lived these principles that we're we're trying to teach here at the at the program. So um, but there's probably some ladies out there listening right now, too. Um, you know, we, we do have uh, probably majority church leaders, pastors, um, but we, we may have some ladies out there listening that are looking for advice on their situation. Maybe they're not church leaders, maybe they are, um, but if they've got it on their heart to step up in some way, what advice could you give them in particular? Well, that's kind of a loaded question because I feel like um, whether they're in ministry or somehow they have found themselves called to the, like, just pulled to this podcast just from curiosity's sake and that Christ-based ministry is foreign to them. Um, I would like to say to you um, that you are breathtaking. That scripture states that he knows you, that he knitted you together in your mother's womb, Mm. that he knows and that he sees and he desires for you to rest in him and then serve him 
in the confidence that he has the ability to serve through you. That's from Psalm 139. And I think that so many times women find themselves standing on the sidelines because they don't feel adequate or they find themselves in the murk and the mire of trying to do everything because they have this desire to do more and more and more to, um, to serve him or to serve their family or to serve their community. And there's a balance of resting in him and serving him. And he knows you, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, for me, it was the song that there was a room that I did not want him in. And then when I realized he was there with me in that room, he already knows, he knows you, he knows the desires of your heart. And just like for me, it, it is an honor for me to serve in the ministry that I serve in. It, it, I am humbled every day to think that he, he is using me um, and I am so, so undeserving to be used. Yeah. But all of us, right? Yes. (laughs) But it's because of my adoption into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ that it's not me, it's Him working through me. Yeah. That these ladies are being served. And I don't ever want anyone to look at at me or to work look at the ministry and say, look at what you do. No, this isn't about me. This is about what Christ is doing through each one of us by surrendering and by trying to be obedient. And that takes rest in him. And I think that in ministry as a whole, some of the sometimes we forget to pause and rest in him. And it's through resting in him that he's able to serve through us even more. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we think we, we when we serve more and more and more that we're doing better in ministry. And that's just a cultural crisis we put ourselves in. Um, you know, in the work world, they, they, they want you to do more and more. Um, and it just doesn't work that way. God, God designed no. us to rest. And um, so... Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I, I just love that and uh, and would echo that, that that yeah we need to make sure that we're in balance and we're resting, we're taking what God has given us and just being thankful for it and just pausing and looking at what all God is doing in the midst of our lives. Well, Misty, this is just awesome. Your ministry, I'm just so grateful to you all and uh, and your wisdom and and just your time on the show. Um, for anyone looking to connect, or if you have questions for Misty, maybe there's something she mentioned and you're going, okay, what, how did you implement this? Or how did you do this? Go ahead and shoot me a message and I'll be more than happy to relay that info to Misty and get back with you. Um, and if you would like to contribute to their ministry, Compassion Women's Center, their website is also linked in the episode notes. So Misty, thank you again for joining the show. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. And now for our Q&A segment of the podcast. You know, I get a lot of questions um, and I'm, 
looking forward to even more as you guys are listening. Maybe there's something that pops up over time and you want to ask a question that can be answered on the podcast, or even if it doesn't make the cut of the show, I'll be happy to get you an answer directly back. Just message me at facebook.com slash pastor Shane Thacker. Uh, One viewer asked anonymously, I gave a two months notice um, leaving the, the church, but Man, but then was relieved of duties like almost immediately after. I am sorry to hear that. That is frustrating. That's hard and difficult, not only on you, but your church family. That wasn't the question, though. It says, uh, a few weeks later, I got asked what the password was for the, for the church computer, for his office, his old office computer, I'm guessing. I responded, <laughs> I responded, I know what it is, but uh, it's no longer my responsibility. <laughs> Um, was that the correct response or no? <laughs> uh, I don't want to make light of this situation because first of all, I have no doubt that this was very hurtful, what happened, and I am sorry that that happened to you, uh, but I, I would most certainly give them the password. Um, and the reason why I talk about this when you're leaving, that you don't burn bridges on the way out. Um, because what, what's going to happen? The worst that can happen if you gave them the password is they're able to get on the computer that they own. It's their computer. Um, that's the worst that could happen for them. The worst that could happen for you is when you're applying at another church and you have to put your old church down for a reference. What are they going to say about you if you're not willing to give them the password? That's that's just a thing to really think about. Um, that's, that's creating a large issue out of a small matter. Now, that being said, the that doesn't make it right what they did, um, giving you a, a quick relieved of duty, you know. That's not okay, but two wrongs don't make a right. You don't burn bridges on the way out. You don't do that under any circumstances. And it's not just about the job. Here's the big picture of it. If we're really leading from the right foundation, we're going to find ourselves thinking forward like Adam Stang did in his episode a couple, uh, I think it was episode 14 or 15. But if you look at his wisdom, just listen in on what he's saying when he leaves. He said, I'm getting ready to leave over the summer, but people can still message me. I'll get back with them. I'll do whatever I can to help them because it's not about me. It's about growing the kingdom. And I, I just challenge you um, to the person that asked that and anyone that's thinking of doing something like that, um, you know, really think about what it means, what mature leadership looks like. Um, Just because people act rude towards you does not mean you get to do that back. That's not an integrity move at all. It's it's not appropriate. And so I just encourage you to go back and and think about how you can be um, a light for Christ for anyone around wherever you go and whatever church you're plugged into. Praying for you, brother. Hope that uh, hope that clarified on that. And definitely, again, if you all have questions, shoot them my way. I'll have some Q&As, hopefully each episode. Um, I've got another one, a great one, looking um, later on. So that being said, really glad to have Misty on. It was such a blessing to hear her wisdom and her input, insight on women's ministry, I'd encourage you as church leaders to look at how you can get 
a women's ministry like that plugged in in your community or or that how you can partner with one in your area that's already established they're already working maybe they need volunteers maybe they need funding maybe they need projects done around their facilities i don't know what that looks like but i do know that you if you're leading from the right foundation for life in the ministry you're going to do whatever god's calling you to do you're going to look after the least of these I hope you'll look after the least of these, whatever that looks like in the context of your ministry. That being said, thank you so much for joining today, and God bless.